Yeah, so maybe check your setting, make sure you're sending that mic or whatever that's running into. Let's do that because it's a nice Yeti mic. Let me see. Yeah, Yeti should be nice and tight and clean. <sighs> yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely, was that your Chewbacca? Yeah. <laughs> there you go, that's better. <laughs> we got to do our Chewbacca. This will make it to the beginning of the show. Do your, do your Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Hello, this is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory, me, and my co-host, Clint Macro. And we've got a very special guest that Clint's going to introduce, but in just a second, because I want to tell you about the show. We talk about political activism more than other shows. We do product reviews here and there. We talk about shooting, gun safety, nomenclature, all that fun stuff that revolves around the shooting industry. And without further ado, Clint, take it away. Today's special guest is someone that's the founder of Hold My Guns. On our show, we, we talk about you know guns, training, gear, gadgets, all that stuff. But this is a very serious issue that when people are in low times, uh, rather than you know have legislation that would take away someone's constitutional rights, uh, Sarah Albrecht's organization called Hold My Guns tries to give people a way to uh, to mitigate risk while still maintaining our constitutional rights. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So what's the what's the genesis? How did the how did your organization come about? Hold My Guns was something that I formed when we lost an 18-year-old family friend to suicide by firearm. And I am a range safety officer. And when my um, friends and family came to me and they said, Sarah, this is kind of your space. Uh, what should we do here? Um, how can we help gun owners who are going through a time of crisis or maybe a family member is in crisis? And I, I camped out there, it was very sad for a while. My, um, my, my children were friends of hers and um, really thought about it. And so what I decided was a need was to create offsite storage, but in a way that was very accessible to gun owners. And I started looking into um, offering storage through FFLs and through my friend Genevieve Jones, who runs the Gun Collective, um, who is now, she became my co-founder. She introduced me to Joshua Prince, who's a wonderful firearms attorney here in Pennsylvania. And we had a brainstorming session and he helped me design this program that um, the FFLs can utilize so that their customers can store firearms offsite 
And it's not just for a time of crisis and addressing mental health issues, but also if an individual is going to be away from home for a while, like if they're going to be deployed, or maybe they're going to be on a long-term business trip or on vacation or that sort of thing, or even just if the grandkids are coming in and it's not normally a kid safe house and, um, you know, rather than having firemen in the drawer or something, they might want to store it off site while their toddlers running around. So running amok. Um, so those are, those are the thoughts behind Hold My Guns and why we started it. Um, and I, and like you mentioned, uh, Clint, that it is also a way to practice self-governance, which undermines the um, legislate, le legislative options. So that, we're excited about that as well. Yeah, I was, I was very interested to see, you know, I hadn't thought about, well, let's store your guns if you're being deployed or if you have family over and you need to move the guns somewhere else. That wasn't really something I thought about, but I do know of uh, friends and colleagues of mine that, you know, perhaps had class three or some things like that, where if they weren't in the house, they were actually committing a crime by leaving their wife alone at home or at home alone with those guns. And I think this would be a, a, a way that they could still stay compliant with any laws as far as that class three stuff is concerned, for sure. Yes. Not something I had thought about. That's definitely a concern. And um, I, my friend, Rebecca Schmoy, she um, is with the DC Project. She also mentioned that this is a great um, option for folks who help with foster care. Sometimes mm. that there are high risk situations where the foster parents um, have to, they cannot have any firearms in the home if there's a high risk child. Um, and so in cases like that, if there's an immediate, ur immediate urgent need to, to place a child who's in danger, um, you know, the, the foster parent could find a hold my guns location and uh, store their firearm offsite while they, they give emergency housing to a child who's at risk. That's a good point. Um, we're uh, we're foster parents and adoptive parents, wow. and, and uh, that's we've had some we've had ten or twelve kids through the house in the past seven years, and that's some of them. Yeah, there's there's that concern there, and, right. and this, this uh, topic hits home for me. My uh, my grandfather, which I didn't know, but my my father's father committed suicide when my dad was eleven. So it it wow. runs in the in the family all the way you know back to to my childhood or at least my dad's childhood, I should say. And then I, and we've had friends over the years that have that have uh, had issues and things have happened too. So it's definitely good that organizations like yours are are out there and thinking of ways to still keep and preserve Second Amendment rights, but still also keep the uh, people able to get help and utilize services like this. Yes, and I'm so sorry to hear of your loss. And uh, the more I get into this, I hear stories every day from folks who have lost people that they love um, or folks who um, have tried to take their own lives and, and have, have failed attempt and they're, they have healed. Um, and so one thing that is really important to recognize that it just, it just really um, resonates is that we often think about folks who are struggling with mental health issues as you know, despondent teenagers staring out a window and, mm. um, you know, playing music and, and everything's really sad, but that's really not the case. You know, a lot of um, very seemingly healthy adults just have the right perfect storm combination of terrible things happening in their life. Maybe they um, have lost their job. Maybe they're not acclimating after military service. Maybe they um, have had a death in the family, or maybe they've had a terminal diagnosis. So like, there are just so many different factors that um, that folks just, they want to just relieve themselves yeah. from that pain. And it's, it's not, there's a lot of stigma with it, unfortunately. And so 
Um, that's the other motivating factor here is, you know, especially amongst gun owners, we're always afraid that, you know, if we talk about the fact that we have firearms, um, that they could be taken away and worse than those firearms taken away that our rights could be um, taken away as well. And, you know, you can, you can get back a firearm, but man, uh, or, or not, you can always purchase another firearm, I should say, but man, it's really difficult to get your rights back once they've been taken away. It's thousands of dollars of court costs and such. So um, that's really our, our hope is that we can empower people to get help when they need it and do it proactively so that private situations don't become public ones. Well, we've been pretty we've been hit pretty hard here in Pennsylvania with the house arrest orders and the government overreach during the COVID epidemic. Yes. And have you seen an uptick in people seeking out your organization through this whole COVID lockdown situation? So many people have lost their jobs or lost their income, have been shut down by the government, forced on welfare, that kind of thing. Not to mention just the stress of the potential of getting a disease that is, you know, seemingly this horrible thing. So there's there's a lot of negativity floating around. Have people uh, reached out to you since COVID? Have you seen like an uptick? They have reached out. And right now we're still in a launch phase. So it's very frustrating because um, we don't have locations that are that have been green lighted yet. They're in the works. And so what I've had to do is I find out where they're calling from and I ask around and call different um, gun shops, locker service, things like that. Um, and, and even pawn shops. And we, there was a gentleman who called and I talked to him for quite a while. And um, he just said, I am really not having a good day. And he ended up selling his firearms at a pawn shop, but he said it was the best decision. And after talking to you, I realized I can always buy my three rifles back, but I cannot get my rights back. And I also don't want to hurt someone. So like if it were to become an involuntary commitment type situation. So, um, you know, we have received an uptick of calls and we're doing our best to um, connect people with resources, even when we don't have a resource in that area yet, but it is our heart to help people. What is the vetting process to get, get basically affiliated with an FFL? How's that work? So the way that it works is, um, again, we worked with Joshua Prince and he has written a, a wonderful uh, storage partner agreement. And there are things in there that are requirements of the gun shop. Of course, they have to be an FFL um, it can't be a curio type FFL, it has to be one that, um, you know, you can accept a variety of firearms and do a transfer. Um, and they also have to have storage. That's a, that's a big concern is, you know, we don't want, want them just storing a firearm in a drawer. So we talk about their storage and get information about their shop. We do a little bit of investigating to see what their customers or reviews like, that sort of a thing, um, and talk to them for a while on the phone. And um, we also have them filling out a, a survey to learn about their community resources and how they're connected um, with different, like a referral network in their in their neighborhood and help them get started with that. It's all part of the process. They also have to have um, general liability insurance. That's something that is required as a writer on our insurance, which by the way, was <laughs> quite a milestone. I really celebrate that Hold My Guns is insured, which is wonderful. Um, and trying to convince underwriters of what we're doing when no one else is doing it, it was a, quite a feat. Yeah. Um, but we are working. We were working with an insurance agent who um, helps to insure FFL. So that was very helpful because he was able to describe what the process looks like. Uh, the other thing is that we um, utilize a consignment return transaction. So um, they have to, you know, kind of be familiar with that a little bit. But we can walk them through. It's a basic gun swap type transaction that. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel, which means, you know, whenever you run into little issues that come up with, with um, the business of running a gun shop, that there are already processes in place. Like, for example, what do you do if your customer 
dies while they're while you're holding on to mm. their firearm. You point. know, so same kind of thing. You're not reinventing the wheel. Same kind of process that you would utilize for a gun shop if someone had a firearm that they were ready to pick up. That the family would come in, uh, an executor of the estate, and they would have a death certificate, and they'd be able. The family, as long as the person picking it up wasn't prohibited and they were allowed to pick up that firearm, then they could follow that process. So um, it's just really cool, and I'm excited because it is. Uh, something that I hope will become ubiquitous with doing business in a gun shop to offer storage for your customers. That's awesome. We, uh, I'm a type seven FFL here in uh, okay. upstate, upstate New York. So I'm actually on the website looking at the uh, process now. So <laughs> yeah, I would love to have you as a storage partner. Um, something that is really important too, is that the owner of the FFL has a heart for helping people. Um, you know, we, we really want to treat people with dignity and respect. And the other thing is, you know, we were talking a moment ago about um, it's not only suicide prevention. It's not the only reason why we store firearms. And so it's very important to us that the uh, owner of the FFL, when they're, when they're helping their customers here, are not making an assumption that the person is in crisis. Mm -hmm. so that is that person's business. We're not psychiatrists behind the counter. Yep. And so for all we know, you know, they're, they're going to go on vacation for a while and don't want some of them access to firearms while they're away. And so we, we always want to treat people with dignity and respect. And that's a, that's a big part of that interview process is asking questions like that. But Matt, I know that you would be someone that would be um, very respectful and kind to customers, regardless of why they're coming in. I appreciate that. Do you have uh, uh, partners in all 50 states yet? Not yet. Um, we have, uh, I want to say five or six that are very close to being um, greenlit. We have um, permission to mention that um, Brandon LaBeouf at, at uh, Nolatak in New Orleans okay. area is, yep. is in, in the works there. He's good um, people. Yeah, he really been. is. And, and also as a veteran um, and someone who already is huge in helping veterans in his community, um, I know that he's going to be a great resource. You know, this is really about trust. Um, you know, it, why would a, the whole reason why people are concerned about getting help in the first place is because what, you know, what will happen to my rights, what will happen to my firearms. And so right. to have established trust with um, with someone like Brandon is uh, really key for customers that they know that their rights and their privacy will be protected. And, and, and again, Josh did a wonderful job of putting provisions in our contracts to ensure that the customers are protected. That's awesome. Yeah. Brandon's been a, a guest on the show. He's a cool, he's a solid guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I he think does. if I called yep. him around for an afternoon, I'd just get tired watching him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep. But man, does he have a heart for people and he really tells it like it is. And the cool thing is that I actually got that connection through um, the VA there in New Orleans and wow. uh, someone there said, man, um, we, we heard about your service and we would love to work with a gun shop here in our area. Um, and I said, hey, I'm not from that area. Who can you recommend? And I didn't realize how close they were to him. And uh, they actually helped set up that connection. Hi, I'm Brandon LaBeouf with Noltec Veterans Training Program and the St. Bernard Indoor Shooting Center. And this is Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers. My name is Kim Stolfer. I'm president of Firearms Owners Against Crime. I'm out here exercising my Second Amendment rights, as I've done for the last 65 years. The right to bear arms is a civil right, not meant for negotiation, as some politicians would have you believe. So if you believe in the Second Amendment, you believe in individual liberties, please get involved now. Make sure your friends are registered to vote. Because on November 4th, if we don't do what we need to do, we're all going to pay the price. You know, I mentioned the VA. The, a cool thing is um, that I actually am serving on the um, 
governor's and mayor's challenge here in Pennsylvania to reduce suicide amongst veterans and um, and also those in service and their family members. So uh, that that was really a cool connection. And we were actually mentioned in um, the White House's prevents um, initiative to prevent suicide. And um, it, it's just been a, a blessing to see how this message is really resonating with people and that awesome. they see it as a an option that um, you know saves lives and protects rights. So yeah, it's a it's a much more positive option than Todd Stevens' uh, red flag bill. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and and here in Pennsylvania, I've given testimony against um, the proposed a proposed red flag bill at the um, the Senate Judiciary Committees for Behavioral Health and Firearms last year. So, yeah. were you there in person? I was. I think were you there too? Uh, we probably like sat three seats from one another and didn't. Didn't know one another at that time. Yes. I was yeah. not there. I, I, I was able to submit written testimony. I didn't get up. And it speak. was written testimony. Yeah. And then from there, um, I was able to, um, like, I was pulled aside afterwards. And um, shoot, I'm trying to remember her name, the chairwoman of that committee, Liz or Linda? Lisa Baker. Lisa Baker. Yes, and Senator I spoke Baker. with her afterwards. And um, she said, I, I really uh, like what you're doing. And this is, uh, we need community-based efforts. And so from there, um, through her connection, I, I was actually on the um, the work group under Governor Wolf's executive order to um, help reduce uh, accidental shootings. And a lot of folks have asked, and by the way, the outcome of that was in that particular work group, I, I really um, was proud of the fact that I was able to hold the line and really to talk people away from initiatives that we were supposed to be proposing to basically bring on legislation. and. Um, I was able to talk to them, the, the other folks on the work group, because our, our goal was to give recommendations for legislation. And every at every turn, I just kept saying, well, that would be an infringement. You know, like they were like, well, why? Maybe we should make it mandatory in Pennsylvania to have a class before you um, can purchase a firearm. And I was like, well, have you ever considered what would happen if you had a, um, a woman who um, was um, yep. being abused, you know, mm -hmm. domestic violence, and she needed to purchase a firearm because she was af afraid for her yeah. life. And then all of a sudden you're telling that woman, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, you have to take a class and that class isn't available till next Saturday. And the people in the work group are like, oh my goodness, I never thought about how that would be an infringement, but I see it. So just every single thing, I, I was able to offer a solution that was in line in alignment with the Second Amendment. Um, and a lot of folks are like, um, wow, Sarah, you know, you're in this space and are you afraid about talking about these kinds of things? Because what if, you know, what if someone twisted it or used it in the wrong way? And I said, well, um, what if I didn't? I would not be able to sleep at night knowing that I had an opportunity to speak up mm -hmm. and to be a leader in this, um, you know, on these topics. Because the fact of the matter is you have groups like you know, every town and ceasefire and, and moms demand action who are heckling me, by the way, while I was giving testimony at the um, at the work group hearings. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they have this this beautiful glossy plan that they bring in and they present it to, um, you know, places like the city of Philadelphia, the Department of Health. And if you look at like their little subgroups, they're all they've infiltrated those groups. And yeah. I just keep telling my friends in the Second Amendment community, like, we need to provide a plan that makes the answers questions like how do we handle suicide prevention? How do we prevent accidental shootings? And in a way that is in alignment with our rights and, and protecting them. And I think we can do a better job. And so I'm excited to be part of that conversation too, to actually provide a plan that 
um, that works. We definitely have to have a good talking point to be able to talk to people that maybe don't know so we can educate them. I think that that's, that's really yes. important versus just throwing platitudes at them like, oh, it's not a magazine, it's a clip, you're an mm -hmm. idiot. Or it's a clip, not a magazine, you're an idiot kind of thing. You know? Well, you're all valid points, Matt, but you're yeah. absolutely right. And I think that we have a lot of room to grow and I'm excited to be providing a pathway for those kinds of conversations that, you know, when you are talking to, um, you know, a politician and they're, they're talking about, well, I'm really concerned my constituents are concerned about suicide, my constituents are concerned about accidental shooting and theft of firearms, um, that we're not just simply saying, you know, pride out of my cold dead hands. We're saying, right, yeah. um, actually, we have a viable solution. Have you ever um, heard of Hold My Guns? And and we will we provide voluntary offsite storage. Um, another cool thing that we're working on is, you know, gun shops have uh, classrooms mm -hmm. that are usually utilized for things like, you know, um, different firearms training and gunshot wound care and things like that, um, law seminars, that, that kind of a thing. But we really have an opportunity, you know, if you, um, like we talked about a moment ago, there are many different reasons why um, people are experiencing suicidal ideations. And the, the concern is that um, how do we get information to them in a way that is um, respectful of their rights? And so we have an opportunity to utilize gun shops to have uh, workshops on things like you know, um, how do you get your finances in order, you know, which is a, a factor, a risk factor for suicide. Um, but you might not want to go to a, um, a community workshop that's put on, you know, where there's uh, some political stuff going on. And so if you saw that that was at a gun shop and you said, hey, wow, um, you know, that guy also served in the Marines at my dad was a Marine. So I use that, um, you know, but like that guy also served and he's an accountant and he wants to talk about um, you know, how he um, got his finances in order. And that's something that I want to hear. So we have an opportunity to talk about some of those risk factors, utilizing those classrooms um, and talk about some of these underlying factors without just throwing it in your face to talk about suicide prevention or mental health, yeah. um, which, you know, those are, those are, are bigger reasons why people struggle with, with those things. Um, and the other thing too, is that we have a, a wonderful opportunity um, to foster shoulder to shoulder relationships and volunteer opportunities as our FFL partners become um, kind of a community resource and they're utilized for that. And we're making connections in the communities mm -hmm. uh, like, like with Brandon with the VA um, that there are volunteer opportunities that the customers in the gun shop can volunteer for. And our hope is to get funding from um, different industry leaders to say, um, you know, hey, here's, let's donate um, $5,000. We're going to go fill up the food bank and our customers at our gun shop are going to go and help stock the shelves that day. And the other thing that you're doing there, it's not overt, but you're um, in a very humble and respectful way. You're creating shoulder to shoulder relationships. You're minimizing isolation. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks who are struggling with mental health issues, have, are not even with COVID, but in general, they're struggling with isolation. Maybe they're in retirement age, which is a very high risk demographic. And they feel like, you know, I'm not working right now. I don't have any value. Um, but to be able to go and volunteer with your friends at the gun shop, people that you shoot with at the range yeah. and do good for the community, that is the kind of positive mental health message that we want to send. I am not a gloom and doom person. Um, I love life. And that is really my heart that I want to um, communicate this in a way that um, promotes a liberty lifestyle and one that is full of optimism and hope and support from the community. I cannot do this without the help of the gun community.
I'm so glad that uh, Josh Prince told me, hey, you need to have Sarah on the show. I saw him down at the Harrisburg rally. So Josh Prince is obviously he was involved with the organization of your yes. organization, but is he, he's on the board. Did you, is that correct? He's not on the board. He is our official legal counsel. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's on retainer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I have Josh on retainer myself and Good. so does FOAC and so does Allegheny County Sportsman's League. Yeah. He is, uh, in, in my opinion, one of those people that is here right now for a very specific reason. I think God puts people on the planet at certain times throughout history because they are the right person to to uh, face any adversity that might be there. And I think Josh Prince is definitely a, a champion of our Second Amendment and the right guy at the right time. On October 6th, the USCCA actually did a uh, feature article on hold my guns mm -hmm. and so in that I was um, talking with some folks there and they re they recognized Josh's name and they they looked him up and they're like oh wow he's on our crisis response team yeah. and so he's the one that um, you know in in the Pennsylvania area that if someone has a, a, a critical event that he would be the person to come out in the middle of the night I was like I cannot think of a better person that I would, would want to help me out in an emergency like that because he's he has his head on a swivel. He's and he recites, uh, you know, he he recites legal codes and uh, cases like like it's poetry. Like Rain Man, yeah. yeah <laughs> Rain <right>. Man. <laughs> well, you were there at the hearings. Yeah. Um, I think my sound has changed a little bit, but um, you know, but he's also someone that's very compassionate, and and so it's a, it's just a privilege to work with him, and he he understands and has. Um, just it's a, the way that he writes and the way that he's helped us with our policies is um, from a kind of like a trauma informed perspective. So it's just very, it gives dignity to people. I really appreciate it. Hi, this is Luke Negron, your congressional nominee for PA 18, Pittsburgh and the South Hills. I will always defend your right to self-defense as is lawfully provided under our nation's great second amendment. You are watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. So tell us how, how, or tell our viewers how they can learn more about the organization or if they're an FFL, if they'd like to get in touch with you to maybe partner up. Fantastic. So you can find us at holdmyguns.org, our website. And we're also on social media, usually as holdmyguns.org or on Instagram and Facebook and Parler um, and Twitter. Um, and feel free to, to look on there. There's a contact form and we are really excited. We need FFLs. In order for this to work, we need to have FFLs sign on. Like I said, we're still in a launch phase. Um, COVID really derailed some of that. Um, however, gun shops are starting to come back. And so they're, they're interested in um, revisiting becoming storage partners. So I'm excited about that. And we, we really wanna help people through that process. Some of the barriers to um, becoming a storage partner would be like if it's a smaller FFL and they need to have a firearm safe. So ways that people could get involved um, would be, you know, partnering as an FFL, volunteering to help get the word out. We have a brochure on our website that folks can download the PDF and share it. Um, financially supporting us, there's a, a donation button on there. And then helping us to make connections with um, industry leaders and community resources who would be a good fit to really work with us to help launch this in a way, again, that is um, just promoting liberty and, and, a, and a community um, approach to, um, to these issues. Well, awesome. I just sent a message through the website, so hopefully <laughs> cool. I can... Uh... 
I can help out with that. That's uh, that's awesome. That's that's a good uh, good plan all around. Thank you. Yeah. Matt. And if there's anything that uh, Meet the Pressers can do to help, or or Trigger Pressers Union, or FOAC, or Allegheny County Sportsman's League, just let me know. Thank you, Clint. That's it's really important. We have a lot of um, we've been on NPR twice, <laughs> and it's really cool because there's. Um, there is a interest, like a like a like there's a nonpartisan interest in what we're doing, and it's it's changing the conversation there. But it's really really important for us to have the support of the two A community, because that's really where the heart is, and we yeah. want to make sure that we're on the same page with everyone there. So, um, anytime the word can get out from our loved ones in the two A community, we're all about that. Well, thank you for everything you're doing. It's a it's a wonderful idea and a and a wonderful organization. We wish you nothing but the best. Wow, thank you. I really appreciate it. I had a fun time today. All right. My Glock knuckle hurts. My Glock knuckle hurts, mommy. That's nasty. Uh, neither of us got hit with a direct hit. Just the we're, wind. We're approximately 10 feet away from a steel target. We just wanted to see the force of what's coming out of the <coughs> And just a little bit of the uh, blowback. Yep, uh, that's all it just, took. Yeah, nasty, nasty stuff. So I definitely think this is a viable option to disrupt someone's evil plan. Uh, definitely. Yeah, getting hit with the force that it comes out, plus combined with the effects of the pepper spray, definitely a viable choice if you're uncomfortable using a firearm or if you don't have the legal ability to use a firearm. Less lethal, way to go. So this is Clint and Matt with Meet the Pressers. Make sure you subscribe to our show on YouTube. Cool. <coughs> There's lots of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mountain Man Medical. Check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you.
Thanks for watching or listening to our show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click that little bell thingy so you know when the next episode's uploaded. Support us on Patreon. Come to one of our classes. Host us to come to you and do one of our classes at your location. And until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.